Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds from the studios of WBNS Radio in Columbus, Ohio. This is the Nerd Association Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Barnett. And I'm your other host, Mark Finch. We got a special one, one that I hold near and dear to my heart. We're doing another Leftovers, which is where we go over a movie at least one of us has seen before, and then we compare it to a leftover food in the idea of how well does it heat up all these years later or on a second viewing or something like that. So we'll start simple with, Daniel, what do you think of when I say wax on, wax off? Uh, I think of years of being called daniel son. <laughs> and knowing where the reference was from. But uh, as you sort of hinted at in your introduction there, I had never seen Karate Kid, which I, you know, how uncultured I must be. Um, so it was kind of, I was kind of looking I mean, forward. you're older than me, but it's still before your time too, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, it was 1984, yeah. 1983. And so, yeah, it was definitely, it was one of those movies that was out before I was born, but of course it's a classic. And so when you suggested, I thought, oh, you know what? I've never seen that. This will be a great opportunity to see a film that everyone knows, except mm-hmm. for me, apparently. So, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I knew what the deal was with wax on wax off and, and the, you know, the training without training at first. And, <laughs> but, uh, to actually see it finally, you know, all the pop culture references throughout the years now have come into, you know, into bright light for me instead of just being something that like, oh yeah, I know that comes from karate kid. But when, when do you think was your first exposure to karate kid? Uh, I was thinking probably around the age of Danielson, like f- probably like freshman, maybe sophomore in high school. So a little younger, but basically that age. So it was uh, the perfect time for me to watch that movie because it's it's, yeah, like that mid teenager. So age you were, group so is you what were it's 20, really aiming for. You were 23 years old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, as as funny as that joke is, he looks like a kid in that one. Once you get to the third one made like four or five years later. Yeah. He does not look like a high schooler. And it's still supposed to be just like a year later. Yeah. It's very funny because I had a moment where I thought like, wow, Elizabeth Shue looks like she must be much older than Ralph Macchio. And so I kind of <laughs> had a moment where I thought, well, man, is this movie in unintentionally creepy? Like, is she 25 and he's actually 16? And then I realized, <laughs> no, in fact, he's older than her. <laughs> How old is Elizabeth Shue? What did you find out there? She was uh, three years younger than him. So she would have been like 19 and he would have been like 22, somewhere in there. Yeah. So it's not creepy on any level, but I just thought it was funny because I I assumed the opposite was the case. Yeah. So before we get into it, I think it's important to acknowledge like why Karate Kid is sort of in the zeitgeist right now again. Um, Cobra Kai, which sort of came and went on youtube red whatever you know in the youtube streaming whatever they yeah. called it the whole time and that's kind of at least the original programming they've kind of taken a step back from that so the netflix has picked up cobra kai and promises a third season but a lot of people that was their first introduction to the cobra kai show which is these guys as adults that are in this movie so right now i think karate kid just something that people are pretty interested in and i was very happy to revisit it i really like this movie series even though they continually get worse as the movies go on. <laughs> well, and I, I think um, let's tackle that, but let's let's save it because I am interested in knowing mm-hmm. now that I've seen this, like where where I go from here. But I think let's let's save that for for later on. So for those who are uninitiated, 
give us the uh, give us the like elevator pitch or the you know the brief synopsis of of Karate Kid. Like what's going on here? Daniel LaRusso moves with his mother from New Jersey to California, being the first teenager ever upset to move from New Jersey to California. <laughs> he gets there and they kind of live in a dump. They're obviously not doing great financially. There's some implications that the move is because his father had passed away, things like that. Mm-hmm. So he's just not really fitting in in his new environment. He gets bullied a little bit and then he meets his apartment maintenance guy who actually saves him from the bullies at one point starts to teach him karate. They challenge the bullies to meet us at the all Valley karate tournament. And he trains for, you know, the other rest of the movie there. And then he goes to the tournament, but we'll save the outcome in case you don't know it for the end of the podcast. Well, and there's certainly the implication that one of the reasons that he gets in with these, you know, bad with these bullies in the first place is because he catches the attention of, you know, the pretty girl at school. Yes. And she thinks he's cute. And of course, she is the ex-girlfriend of the the main antagonist of this film, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Lawrence, who, you know, and now I'm interested how old he was because he looks like a like a like a teenager but a big jacked teenager <laughs> yeah well i had a i have a theory about william zapko also when it comes to this movie is i feel like uh, him and maybe some of the other cobra kai guys yeah but especially him i think he, i think they found a karate kid who could act correct more and, so than an actor could do karate which is what ralph macchio was they found an actor who they decided to teach some karate for right. the movie which and 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 that makes sense um also william zabka um is the youngest he was 18 at the time of filming. Okay. So actually he's playing kind of he's kind of playing his his age, the right age. Mm-hmm. Also, he's only 3 inches taller than Ralph Macchio, but they make him look huge in comparison. <laughs> well, is he only 3 inches taller than Ralph Macchio now? I guess he would have been like 22, so he had to be full grown. I don't know, he's just Ralph Macchio is so tiny in this first yeah. one. Which and that could just be tricks of camera, or Ralph Macchio could have been, you know, slouching and making himself look smaller. They do that yeah. very well. They make you feel like, in fact, that Ralph Macchio is this like little twerp of a kid who is supposed to be kind of like a high school freshman, I would guess, because near, you know, he's getting his driver's license, so maybe he's mm-hmm. a freshman or a sophomore. Um, and they establish firmly that Johnny Lawrence, William Zabka, is a senior because this is his senior year, and he's gonna he's gonna get it. Uh, yeah, well, it's his last chance at the the All Valley Karate Championship, right? <laughs> I guess it's also worth mentioning at this point, since we're kind of talking about it, that uh, William Zapka, Johnny Lawrence, that character is picking on him because he sees him with his ex girlfriend, and then there's also a bit of like a class discrepancy. Correct. They're all from you know the Encino, the rich yeah, part of town. Exactly, and he's he lives in Reseda, and they you know they don't get along. It, 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 it seems to be put on more by the adults than the kids, but some of the kids take up on that. And then Elizabeth Shue's character Allie does a good job of seeing right through that, and she just likes Daniel. Which, on that note, to I know I'm jumping around a little bit. Well, that's what we're here for, man. She is the most into a guy ever like just from (laughs) right away she sees him oh he can juggle a soccer ball and you know i guess he stands up for her on the beach which is commendable but then like at school she's like ask she finds out he's from new jersey by asking other people she's coming up to him at lunch and like trying to get him to have lunch with her like just i don't know what yeah, uh, Daniel LaRusso did, but I mean, he caught her eye right away. Yeah, you're used to these sort of teen 
not rom-coms but like teen dramedies maybe is a yeah. good way of like the the guy having to try so hard to get the girl's attention and in this case it's not the opposite but like she's she's like hot and heavy about it <laughs> yeah she she is right there right away just going after daniel and he's kind of taken up by her as well but he's a little unsure about it because of being the being bullied by the Cobra Kai kids and Johnny Lawrence is the ringleader. Well, sure. Yeah. There's definitely the intimidation factor and just, I mean, he gets the crap kicked out of him. That yeah. kid has, has to have some internal injuries from some of the stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first one's just kind of a, a little karate fight, but I mean, he gets hit in the face. I mean, right. The, they, they do a good job with that with uh, Johnny Lawrence that he is very ferocious with his karate hits. Yeah. He, they, they make it's the sound effects and the way he does it, but very intentional and very much striking to hurt. Right. As, as we kind of joked, you know, strike first, strike hardest, no mercy. Yeah. I, well, you brought up the, the class discrepancy and I think another interesting, and, and they don't focus on this too hard, but it's definitely there is the, you know, you have like the Vietnam vet special forces guy who is the sensei of the Cobra Kai dojo, the one who tells Kreese. his students, I'm sorry. Yeah. Crease uh, is the, uh, yeah. John Crease. Ew. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a gross name. And um, there's this sort of implicit, they touch on like the sort of racism associated with with Japan and the United States or like, you know, a Asian countries in the United States. Um, Mr. Miyagi is a World War II veteran whose wife and child died in an internment camp. And there's this kind of idea of John Kreese. Stolen valor. Yeah. Like, well, that kind of idea and this idea of, of subverting or, or, or uh, assimilating th these, I, these Asian things and call it like saying that you own them more than the person who like learned them where they're from. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and I even thought it's it's interesting that they use the term on guard, which is French from fencing in their like karate studies and like in the dojo and in the competitions. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. This like idea of of um, appropriating these things from other cultures and, yeah, and, and like trying to pretend, you know, them better than the people who learned them from the source, essentially. Because, yeah, Mr. Miyagi, he says that, like, all Miyagi men know two things, fish and karate. I mean, it's just something he learns in his family's culture, and it's just something he does. He doesn't do it to win. He right. mentions that. He doesn't do it to win competitions. He doesn't do it really to get in fights. He just does it because it's something you learn, and it's a way to protect yourself in, you know, his sort of world where he comes from. Whereas John Kreese, he uses it as a yeah a form of brutality that's just an extension of his gung-ho military attitude which at the same time you've got mr miyagi who's actually a real war hero who as you mentioned has a tragic backstory during world war ii yeah and uh cobra kai gets into that a little bit more too into the backstory of uh crease and no he's not a good guy there's nothing redeemable about him yeah miyagi learned martial arts not in a do like a fancy dojo, not to mm -hmm. attain some sort of belt. It was like a thing you learned as self-defense. Yeah. Um, to keep yourself safe from creeps like Crease and the Cobra Kai. <laughs> um, they, I mean, they, they're like almost like cultish. Like those kids show up on the beach that in that first scene where we see Johnny Lawrence. Yeah. And they've all everything they own as Cobra Kai branding on it. They're so into it. And they're just like, 
at the at the tournament at the end they're just ravenous to like almost for bloodshed it's just it's crazy the way he's you know brainwashed those kids well it's very it's very militaristic in a in the sort of the negative sense like the way that the military can can be that for some people yeah i mean if i'm not saying that like the military is bad necessarily all that's another conversation but like people get benefits from joining the military but the way he's subverting those ideas to like yeah have a cult of children of fighting children (laughs) who just run around the run around the valley beating up anybody who i guess flirts with their ex-girlfriend well (laughs) And, and, and I mean, and, and these are not these aren't these aren't picking on bullies. I mean, these are assault. They 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 right. corner him and knock him on down on his bike down a big large hill. Well, that's what I, I one of the things I wanted to talk about was how and you see this often in these kind of teen movies. Like the things they're doing to to Danny or to Daniel are assault. Like yeah. <laughs> they're criminal. And even in the context of the karate tournament, he sends him in there and says, you know, take him out of commission. Like. The, sweep the leg right break his leg he's, he's like sweep the he's leg. implicitly no telling him like injure him injure this kid for life <laughs> like, well and he he even tells it to the other he tells it in two straight rounds yeah he that's tells what I'm, no that's the, what i'm saying is that like the yeah. round before in the semi-final matchup he's like mm-hmm. i want you to break his leg <laughs> and the the character is Bobby. He's like, but I don't want to do that. Like, I think I could beat him, or can't we just have like a fair fight? And at least to his credit, it seems to be breaking there. Yeah, yeah, like there are some Cobra Kai who are starting to realize the error of their ways. And even Johnny at the end tells Danny, like, hey, you're not that bad, even though it's two minutes after he intentionally right. <laughs> ripped his knee apart. Well, and, and presents him the trophy. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty quick turnaround. Um, yeah. That is you know you can easily sweep it under the rug because of the kind of movie it is but in a in a film that that was trying to be more sophisticated everyone would be like oh, oh so suddenly johnny's like oh i respect you like i was just trying to <laughs> well, ma- i was just trying to maim you but now that you kicked me in the face i'm cool it's especially funny because the source of the original reason why they don't like each other or why at least johnny doesn't like danny Elizabeth Shue, Ali is right there. Right, isn't resolved. That that whole <laughs> yeah, thing, she's... like him him feeling some sort of ownership over Ali, is not a thing that is ever really resolved. Except that and she the last time they him? talked, she punched him in the face. Right. <laughs> so I mean, obviously, the point of the movie is to f- it's supposed to be feel good. It's supposed to make you feel like the little guy can win. But yeah, if you if you put it in the context of thinking of the real world and how that would probably actually work, no good, no bueno. Yeah. So, I mean, I I guess we did the elevator pitch, but maybe just like a quick little larger synopsis rundown and we'll do offshoots. Well, I was so so you and I talked a little bit before we started recording. Mm -hmm. I um, so I was an English major. And so anytime I encounter a new piece of of literature or film or whatever, that's typically the lens through which I assess it. Um, And so I was when I was sitting down to watch this, I thought, well, I wonder how well. Karate Kid lines up with the monomyth, like hero's journey idea that Joseph Campbell mm-hmm. put out there in the 1940s. This this idea that like most stories that we tell, especially in the West, are kind of the same version of the story of like the the nobody becomes somebody and There's fights. greatness thrust up upon him, and right? Works his way up through a challenge. So I'm wondering if, as we kind of give a synopsis, if you, if I can interject. Uh, like oh this is where this hits on the yeah. hero's journey 
Yeah, and for people who maybe aren't as versed in the actual thing, I mean, like Luke Skywalker in A New Hope is a classic example of sure. a hero's journey. So oh, yeah, think I about mean, that arc if you're not quite sure where we're going. Think about that. Think about the King Arthur myth. I mean, most Greek and Roman like mythology, like yeah. the Herculean journey, those kinds of things, right? The person be- who is nobody becomes the hero through yep. a trial. So, yeah, anyway... Um, uh, the first thing, but you know, you you hit on this. The, you know, the very first scene in the movie is Danny and his mother moving from Newark to Los yep. Angeles, and that in the the hero's journey ideal is the call to adventure. So he gives the call to the unknown is for him moving to this new place that's different than he that he and he says like I don't know the rules here. I don't know what this is all about. Yeah, I was surprised uh, in the move how much. To me, time and maybe budget they spent on getting some pretty good landscape establishing shots. For sure. It looks like they actually took them on a pretty, maybe not them, but at least that car on a decent road trip in, you know, popular, mostly south, like west type places. But still, I mean, some really good shots in there. Oh, yeah. No, it, 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 uh, I don't know that I really thought that much about that, but you're right. That would be quite the production. I guess you can send one car and one camera out, and if you if yeah, most so of your it's... shots are near, because L.A. is is in the Southwest, mm-hmm. right? So, maybe they only had to drive four or five hours to get those shots. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, because they is... didn't they didn't show them going by like the Arch in St. Louis or anything sure. like that. But I thought for this movie, which I, I don't know what the budget was, but it couldn't have been you know everything. Not everything in the world was thrown at it. Sure. I just thought that was a, an yeah. interesting way to start it, where they actually looked like they put effort into showing this move. For sure. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I hadn't thought of it in those terms, but you're absolutely right. That's pretty um, That's pretty big for a movie that otherwise doesn't have a ton of sets. Yeah. Yeah. So beyond just the move and they show up and it's kind of a dumpy apartment and his mom's been promising the pool and then they get there and there's nothing there's like just what a foot of water at the very <laughs> deep end of the pool and it just looks terrible and so yeah he's you can tell he's down on his luck which is also an aspect of the hero's journey well and and there is you know the next step of the the hero's journey is the refusal of the call so um in, wherein either something that obliges you or your fear prevents you from starting so in this case it's you know danny gets his butt kicked by cobra kai and mm-hmm. says he wants to go home so the, the if if the journey if the adventure is you know moving to a new place and sort of trying to integrate yourself into what it means to live in a new place then this is the direct refusal of that i would like to go home and then that's yeah. a scene again in you know that he goes to the cobra kai dojo where he'd like to study karate but he has an interest in karate even before he gets to California. Right. He took some classes at the YMCA. And the fact that he shows up and they're there, you know, if, <laughs> if that if Johnny Lawrence wasn't there, he might have not refused the call, so to speak. On that scene where he goes to Cobra Kai and then uh, leaving that is actually the night. Yeah. Where he gets toppled over down a hill on his bike. But after he goes into Cobra Kai, he goes back into the restaurant that his mother's working at. Mm-hmm. And she says that she's going to go into this management program and oh the benefits and all this stuff and then she throws in i could never get these kind of benefits working in computers yeah i thought i thought that was interesting he says that they moved out to california for her to get involved in like aeronautics or computers or something and then which i I don't know if that was a lie just to make her seem more than she was or she gave up on that but i when i heard that i'd forgotten that it 
right like direct plot point i was like wow a, a mother a single mother in the 80s moving all the way out to california to work in computers that's kind of a a storyline i wouldn't have expected and then um, well, but then and then she's a, a server at a, yeah. at a restaurant like <laughs> i don't i don't know then, that i would have moved out to california for that either but <laughs> yeah but oh the benefits from the management program it's like yeah, yeah they might be pretty good benefits in the management program but there are restaurants between newark new jersey and california a few yeah at least <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was but, that one was kind of a weird one to me too. But yeah, just when when she says the benefits would be way better than anything I could get in computers, and I'm like, if you had a job in computers where they were even offering you stock, you probably should have taken that. But yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where we it is worth noting that we skipped over the beach scene, which is the kind of the thing that kicks everything off. I mean, I yeah. But um, the another thing about the the monomyth, Joseph Campbell was really interested in the psych the psychoanalysis of Carl Jung and one of Jung's ideas is the idea of the shadow self especially in literature that there is which we would call the foil maybe so okay. uh Danny's foil is Johnny you know Danny is like considerate and and kind of shy and when you know when the cute girl approaches him like treats her with respect and tries to teach her how to like play with a soccer ball and johnny lawrence comes in and like wants to own her and breaks her most prized possession and like beats up anyone in his path Um, yeah comes in and immediately i want to talk to you and she's like i don't really feel like it so he steals her radio he's like well i want to um and so i you know one thing on Johnny Lawrence in that scene, though, he is at least dedicated to his craft. He turns down a beer because he's got his eye on the tournament. Yeah. And he's training. So I I thought that was an interesting one. It's like, oh, you'd think they'd play him up as just like totally like just caution to the wind. I'm going to do whatever I want. And I'm yeah. on my motorbike. I know karate. But no, he does turn down the beer because he's focused on karate training. Wasn't it, wasn't it though, during the, now we're going to get sidetracked, but during the Halloween dance, isn't he rolling either a joint or a cigarette in the bathroom? He's definitely doing, they don't say it like explicitly, but they show it a little bit. And the, yeah, the friend asks him, Hey, when are you going to be done rolling that or something right. like that? So yeah, he's definitely doing something like that. You are right. But maybe that's, well, maybe well, I'm not that's saying more that... of a Zen, a Zen thing and a beer is just wholly <laughs> bad for his, his karate training. Well, it's cause all the carbs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He doesn't want to get weighed down. No, I, I wasn't, tr- I, you know, I just think it's interesting. You're right. He does in fact seem to be like, no, that's going to hinder me. But then later it's like, but I'm going to smoke this joint. <laughs> I'm going to hit this J. Uh, the, so yeah, the beach scene yeah. concludes with Johnny beating the crap out of out of Daniel, and then Daniel basically becomes a loner at that point yeah. because he doesn't ask for anybody's help. There's what Freddie Fernandez who is just introduced to bring him to that beach party, and then it is basically he's at school the next day at the soccer tryouts. But other than that, he's basically gone. Yeah, and it's that group of kids that, that Freddie's part of that's like, oh, you can you get your butt kicked? Well, then we're not going to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, they're like, where did you find this guy? And it's like, what? He stood up for a pretty girl and then got beat up? Like, what's the... Yeah, I would... He didn't like, do anything that weird. Teenagers are awful, man. <laughs> Anyone who says, oh, I miss high school, like, get out of here. <laughs> Anywho. So, yeah, so... That is the inciting incident with him meeting the bullies of Cobra Kai. They, as we mentioned, they throw him down a hill again. He he says he wants to go home. He hates it here. I I, I don't want to be here. You didn't ask me about coming here, Mom. He throws and his bike in do- the dumpster. And while he's doing that, after they walk away, 
you realize that Mr. Miyagi was listening yeah. the whole time in his little workmanship. As though he could help it when Danny just started beating the crap out of his building. <laughs> but yeah, no, that yeah, Miyagi comes out and he's kind of like, oh, you want to learn karate. Yeah, Mr. Miyagi, he, he must be like the world's most handy guy because that bike looked like it was beyond repair. I suppose he could have bought like a new wheel spoke or something, but they make it seem like he just took it out of the dumpster and fixed it good as new and it it took a beating on that tumble down the hill well and so this is another point in the hero's journey where the supernatural aid shows up uh, <laughs> a magical helper appears or becomes known and yeah i think it's interesting that mr miyagi is immediately shown as this at least from this point on i guess at first they kind of treat treat him like a no nothing you know grunt when he's like i'll I love fix that, it that, i'll fix it after that first time he's like when can i tell my mom you'll you'll be up there to fix the faucet and he goes after and he goes after what and he goes after after, after. <laughs> yeah but you know in from this scene on he he has this almost sort of supernatural ness mm-hmm. about him he fixes the bike to perfect repair um later on he does the healing hands thing yeah he takes on five cobra kai at once which sure he's supposed to be the the bigger karate master but I, I don't know, a seemingly 60-some-year-old man yeah, fighting a bunch of 18-year-olds. I don't know if I would take him in that fight very often. Yeah, and that actually hits uh, a moment from the hero's journey that's known as the rescue from without, which sometimes happens later in the story and, and kind of does again later in the story, this particular mm-hmm. story. But yeah, essentially, it's the hero needs someone to come in and rescue them. And this is a distinct thing where he doesn't just like offer guidance but he like comes in and kicks butt. Yeah, and that was when when they were really going to give it to oh, Daniel they, yeah. because they're even. I think it's it's probably that same Bobby character who isn't quite sure about this Cobra Kai doctrine. Who's like, hey man, he's had enough, and <laughs> Johnny Butch, Lawrence is like, no mercy, and Butch is like, no, kill him. <laughs> yeah, let's do a murder <laughs> <laughs> right at. He's right outside his apartment too. Like they're gonna. Yeah, like, yeah. But Butch's whole thing is, I want, I want blood. <laughs> like, it's it's a very nuanced character. So, yeah, I, by the way, I like the line, "Where'd Spider Man go?" <laughs> I laughed very hard at that. Yeah, that that was a good one. Uh, so then, that's after the Halloween dance where Danny pulls a prank on him. They chase him down, and that's how he's cornered with Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, come save him. The only thing really notable about the Halloween dance is his costume, the, the which is just absurd, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> also, that Allie is like, uh. That shower, I'd know him anywhere. Like, <laughs> like, what? You've talked to him like three times, and like he hasn't like. I don't even know what character trait would. <laughs> yeah, would it's make like his think. awkward legs like. <laughs> like it's kind of funny, but it's not like a, the funny guy's definitely in that costume, or like I don't know what she said, but she's like, it's got to be him, and it's like maybe it's just process of elimination. I suppose she's seen everybody else dance, but and then he. It works. She comes into the shower with well, him. I was gonna. So I was gonna say there is a sort of like um, there's it has very erotic overtones that they're in the shower together. Which yeah. you know they could have he could have been in a phone booth and they could have had that be the same joke. He, they could have picked some other obscuring yeah. costume for him, but the fact that they made it like them in the shower together was is very risque. For... And then because they're just like teenagers, they're just kind of like hugging and keeping their faces close, <laughs> but it's not the kiss moment right. yet. And it's just like, if teenagers had a chance to like 
hide themselves at the middle of a school dance, I'm sure they'd be making out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially in a shower curtain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that is, I think, well, and the prank that he plays on, uh, there's just like a random hose in the school bathroom that he decides mm-hmm. to feed onto into the stall where Johnny's rolling his J. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I yeah, I thought it was going to be a bucket, but it's a hose, which he somehow gets to stand there perfectly. And when he, to- when he turns it on, the water pressure doesn't like knock it off course right. or anything. It just falls... <laughs> perfectly on him movie but, magic yeah um moving on from that they go to mr miyagi mr miyagi helps him heal up and that's when he finds out that mr miyagi yeah is spider-man a karate master helped, yeah and uh they get into the works of you know him offering to train him or standing up for him at the cobra kai dojo at right. least and so that that uh, goes neatly into the portion of the hero's journey known as the belly of the whale or like the final stage of separation from your known world. And in this case, it is the journey into sometimes also known as like journey into the cave, which yeah. is going into the dojo where Mr. Miyagi makes like a very reasonable like adult to adult conversation in which he's like, hey, you shouldn't be teaching these kids to f- to assault other kids. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's like, he's like, oh, what? You're just gonna go beat up a bunch of kids, like when they're just, you know, horsing around, you know? And he's like, he's like, one on one is is fair, five on one, not fair. Yeah, for sure. Which is reasonable to say, like you said. Well, yeah, and as Chris, you pointed out, <laughs> Chris kind of gives in a little bit to his reasoning, at least because I think it's probably just because it turns into a competition, right? And Chris is obviously a very competitive guy. He'd rather humiliate his rival in front of all a bunch of people yeah. than have Danny like secretly get his butt kicked, you know? Yeah. So he says, "Okay, I'll, I'll take you up on your offer to, you know, my guys will lay their hands off of them until the All Valley Tournament in December, and we'll just let you train and we'll see how you do." Because he, Crease didn't, you know, see Mister Miyagi beat up all his kids, so I don't know if he doesn't believe it or what. But he has no faith that Mister Miyagi is going to train up Dan Daniel. Well, and, and this plays into what we were talking about earlier about the sort of implicit racism of this like guy who is, who's an ex-Vietnam yeah. special forces guy who has his Cobra Kai dojo and doesn't believe that in fact this person who learned, who learned it at the source instead of some westernized version of it, can teach it, one student <laughs> anything. Yeah, and it's- it's like been a part of his entire life and his family and culture. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> so that is when the famous, uh, well, before we get there, crossing the first threshold. Uh-huh. So uh, this is the scene where they literally go over the tracks and it's like crossing into this weird place of oil tanks and old cars and then yeah. Mr. Miyagi's little paradise. And in fact, where Dan- does he live? Is it a junkyard? What is it? Yeah. Who kn- Well, exactly. And I think it's, it's, uh, they use it. They kind of subvert expectations in a funny way, but it is definitely mm-hmm. portrayed as this kind of otherworldly place. Cause he's got this fairly sizable piece of property somewhere near Los Angeles with a lovely backyard. Right. And like I said, Daniel literally refers to it as a paradise. Which is, well, and and it's funny, too, that um, they get in the car and neither of them knows how to drive or neither of them has their license. And so that because, yeah, Daniel says, I don't have my license. He goes, it's okay. Neither do I. And so that kind of plays into the element of like the magical steed of the hero's journey where you you there is like a creature that carries you into the 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 magical world. 
Which in this one, it's 50s cars. Right. In in Star Wars, it's like the Millennium Falcon is the magical steed. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, in Arthurian legends, there are mag- literal magical steeds. But <laughs> so anyway, I just thought that was an interesting little touch. And then the Road of Trials. And they are they are multitude. Wax on, wax off, right circle, left circle, etc. This would be a, a part where like all this stuff is good and it's like a part of culture, like nerd culture and movie culture nowadays. But I mean, they basically train for the next 45 minutes to an hour of the movie. And that's like basically all that happens besides a little bit with him and Allie. Right. Yeah, I, I actually they could probably cut some of this. If I'm being honest, I assumed from the pop culture references that the training would literally be a training montage and it would take five minutes of him doing wax on wax off. And then board. all of a sudden he knows karate. Right. No, it's it's I it's actually the main liked, part of the movie. Right. I liked and I liked that they spent time on the sort of training aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Well, people and people always call for wax on wax off, but like paint the fence and you know sand the floor like those are there too and nobody ever quotes those ones i like paint the fence i still to this day quote that one big board right hand small board left hand (laughs) (laughs) i like well and the scene with the rowboat i think is very very good i was gonna say it's interesting because uh pat morita who plays plays mr miyagi he actually has most of his career as a basis in comedy so there are little there are little drops in there where he does some pretty comedic things that, yeah, actually take effect in the movie. For sure. So uh, Daniel meets Allie much earlier in the movie, but there's so the next sort of waystone on the hero's journey is the meeting with the goddess or with the unconditional love. And so this is interesting because I think the date at the arcade is the first time where you see her. Not just uh, it's inter- called golf and stuff, Sorry. and it looks awesome. It does look awesome. <laughs> it's the first time that you see her not just as like an interested teenager, but as somebody who's like willing to accept the things that other people or embraces the things that other people would see as flaws in Danny. Like uh-huh. he doesn't he doesn't come from money. Like he doesn't they have, have to his push own car. Start his mom's car, which is such so good. I think that's so funny. And they set it up earlier in the movie when they're on their road trip. So good little yeah. callback there. So I think that's the unconditional love portion of it. Um, and well, too, when these you know kids in fancy cars ride up and they're up to no good and trying to get her to to get hitch a ride, she would rather get in the car with Danny and his mom mm-hmm. than than go do this. So they they which like he's it. such a jerk there. That's like one moment where it's like, come on, man! Like she said, no, she's not. A, she. To me, it seems like she's not just doing it for your benefit, that like she really isn't that interested in going with that crowd. The second car has Johnny Johnny Lawrence is driving. Right. She doesn't want to hang out with him. Exactly. Yeah. No, I I, but I I think that's that's a a good depiction of that kind of idea from the monomyth. But then, of course, there's also the flip side of that with Mr. Miyagi showing this sort of unconditional love for Daniel. And his birthday is the scene where that really becomes clear, where he thinks of him as a son because his own son died. Yeah. And Daniel obviously doesn't, his father's not in the picture. Right. Because I, I can't remember in this movie if they say his dad dies or if they just don't really explain it. But as the lore goes on, Dan, Daniel's dad died at uh, when he was younger. Yeah. I, I don't know that they say that in this movie. Cause you mentioned that earlier and I thought that I had missed something. Yeah. I don't think they really go over it, but I mean, I've seen a lot of karate kid world building. <laughs> yeah, so sure. they, that comes up and it's either, I mean, it's, they mention it in Cobra Kai too, but I don't know when it comes up in the movies, but yeah, I don't think they explicitly say it yeah. in here, but yeah, he obviously is looking up to Mr. Miyagi as a father figure at a time when he obviously really needed it. For sure. The birthday scene's great though. Cause he gives him his gi yeah. with the Miyagi-Do 
crest on it, which mm-hmm. I don't know if that's is that a family symbol for Mr. Miyagi? Or? Yeah, well, it would be the bonds. It's the bonsai tree would kind of yeah be the seal of his family, and in this case yeah. becomes the sort of dojo emblem. Bonsai but, Daniel. Bonsai. <laughs> and then he takes him outside in the real gift. Well, also, by the way, can we talk? Well, I guess it's 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 a different scene. I was thinking of the scene where he drinks and he puts him in the car, and that's not correct. That's a different no, scene. Yeah, that's a different <laughs> scene. But it it is set up. They're both yeah. They're sitting at that like, same table yeah. and everything. That scene is funny, but it's so tragic. Yeah. In what you learn throughout the whole scene, you mentioned earlier that yeah. his son and uh, wife died in childbirth in an internment camp while he was serving in World War II, which is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we did skip one thing, which is the scene in which Danny Danielson confronts Mr. Miyagi and is like, you're just treating me like a, like, I'm not training. Like, I've been yeah. working my butt off and, and you're just like taking advantage of me. And this, Which, I mean, it does look like a scam. For sure. From the outside looking in, you're just like, he's just fixing up his, you know, his house, which looks like a nice property, but needed some TLC. Right. And Daniel's doing all of it. Well, and then that is the the step in the hero's journey that's atonement with the hero's father or or father figure, I think, in this case, where you, you confront the person that holds power in your life or holds uh, significance. significance in your life. Um, and so that sort of confrontation turns into the next step, which is the peace and fulfillment before the hero's return. And it's the idea that the hero goes from being ignorant to having the not like starting to have the knowledge that he seeks or understanding the trajectory that he's on. Yeah. And that's a really neat scene where, you know, Mr. Miyagi heals his shoulder, shows him that these are training methods that he's been doing to give him muscle memory. And I mean, I feel like it would work a little bit. I don't know if it would work as well, you know, directly as well as they show, but it makes sense yeah, at I, least. And I, it, I thought the idea of, of of putting it into muscle memory and then teaching somebody why it not what like teaching them why that is important is interesting and kind of made sense more to me when I saw it in the movie than it ever had as a pop culture reference. Because I understood that he's like, it's not just about having him learn some motions. It's about ingraining those motions into his hands and into his brain. And that's why it's important that he holds the brush a certain way that he does equally on the left and the right hand and it's also Keeps building his wrist straight precisely so yeah i think i thought that was kind of a neat touch that again you everyone knows about wax on wax off but i don't think anyone quite it never in pop culture is just explained that clearly as to why yeah that's why i like paint the fence because it's the easiest one to do yeah if like because i used to do that like i'd be like hey try to try to strike me and then i'd go paint the fence and i <laughs> i hit somebody's hand away and then everyone Everyone thought you were the most clever boy in the room. Yes, and then I rode away on my motorbike. Yeah, we <laughs> um, We're missing something in between now and the birthday scene. There's more training. He teaches him the balance by taking him, as you mentioned, on the boat. He sends him into the ocean. Right. Just, just try to stand up in waves. Oh, uh, that the end of that scene's great too. And they're getting back to the car, and there's these two, like I guess, <laughs> California hillbillies. Yeah. <laughs> who are obviously a little racist too, and they they're drinking beer and just setting them on Mr. Miyagi's car. And he's like, "Please, you know, clear your beers. We have to go. The boy's cold." And the guy's like, "Why don't you move them for us?" So then he just he karate chops them and takes the tops off of all the beers. And Daniel goes, "How did you do that?" And he goes, "Don't know. First time." <laughs> yeah, that's very good. Well, and there's also the 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 comedy of the chopstick catching the fly, 
and oh beginner's luck and gets so angry with him <laughs> yeah he's, that that is a good one because yeah he's just not happy with him. he's just like how did you do that yeah um there i'm just the the one part i wanted to hit was because once he gets the car he goes and makes up with the girl but we forgot to include when like he has the falling out with her yeah so he, has sec- he has a second date scheduled with her and he's supposed to pick her up at 9 30 at the country club which right. is obviously a place where he isn't very comfortable coming from his family background and he's unsure of going there anyways because i, I he senses the the disconnect between their classes right. that other people are forcing on them right well, and there's that, you know, the the father, Ali's father doesn't want him to see, doesn't want her to see that boy from um, Reseda. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, why not this rich boy, Johnny Lawrence? He's a good one. Or have you had a, fa- well, and the fact that her father is clueless to the, to the idea that she broke are up with him like a, lover's a month, quarrel? like a month ago, they broke up and he has no idea. Yeah. Yeah, and that is the I think as close to in the in the monomyth idea is as close to the temptation to dis- or the distraction from the ultimate quest that we get, mm-hmm. which they don't really play with too much. But the idea that Daniel sees Johnny kiss Allie and that that discourages him from like at that point he would start to lose any w- desire to do the martial arts tournament, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, to really like drum that up he'd have to go and start you know pounding around and drinking with freddie fernandez or something right. again and mr miyagi would have to come and snap him out of it but they don't really go into anything like that and yeah. they pay off on it a little bit when he goes with the car and starts acting like a jerk to her which is definitely a subversion of the the journey he's been on so far to become like the best version of himself uh-huh. where suddenly he starts acting like a jerk with a car so i think it kind of pays off there but anyway yeah, so he gets the car uh, from his birthday because somehow Mr. Miyagi owns five classic cars. <laughs> yeah, just they're just sitting there from Detroit. I thought that, <laughs> where are these from? Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, he has so many good lines, just little one-liners that he drops in throughout the movie. So he has the car, he goes and he, yeah, you're right. He kind of treats her poorly yeah. when he first gets to golf and stuff with the car. But then her friends who have had really very little character development but besides being like kind of snooty yeah being catty <laughs> yeah they just continue to do that but now instead of like at his expense it's just directly at him yeah now well now and it's, like, it's a little bit earned at this point too yeah after he destroyed the the kitchen at a he didn't destroy it but he ran into the guy with all the spaghetti at the at the country club also can we talk about all the rich people laughing at the server who dropped a plate at like a tray of spaghetti <laughs> how they all just thought that was the funniest thing they'd ever seen that that boy and that server have spaghetti on them <laughs> like it's just you just gotta, well have you seen how stuffy their little party I looks know, like that's I'm, probably the funniest thing they have seen in a week i'm just saying it it's, it's a little on the nose to be like oh the help fell <laughs> like <laughs> You know, yeah, well, somebody's all. not getting their spaghetti for another few minutes because they got to make a new plate. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. That just something about that was kind of like, I guess there's nothing about this movie that isn't over the top, but yeah. Well, so yeah, so and then this, he goes out. She keeps trying to avoid him. They go out, and for some reason, they chose the backdrop to be other boys going down the water slide <laughs> while they're making, which I just thought was weird. And yeah. I, I don't understand the weather in California. Everybody's wearing jackets, but those guys are on a water slide. 
Well, like what's what well, temperature yeah. is it well, outside? It's but... December in California, which means it's sixty three degrees and sunny. <laughs> like you know yeah, what I mean? So it never gets quite it never gets that cold. Yeah, but maybe during the day you could do the water slide. It doesn't seem like something you'd be doing at night. But either way, that's the backdrop. And he tells one self deprecating joke and she's back on his side. And she's like, Oh, you're so cute. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Come look at my banana car. And then he le- and then he lets her drive it. Which I thought yeah. was funny. She's like, oh, you're going to let me drive? Well, it is the 80s. <laughs> and then he immediately explains to her like everything to do, even though it's already been established that she knows how to drive stick. Right. Be- well, yeah, especially because she's the one that did the difficult task of kickstarting the car and then making sure they could jump into it. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. He just learned to drive that day. And this is his first car. Yeah. Uh, who knows? So then they drive off, they're all made up, and then it basically advances to the tournament. Yeah, and there's a little brief clip of the idea of the refusal of the return, which is, you know, he's now he's now kind of, Daniel has attained, he's learned the martial arts, he has a car, he has the girl, really, in a lot of ways, he wouldn't need to throw himself back into the conflict. Like, he could mm-hmm. just drive, quote-unquote, drive off into the sunset, and they, again, they play with the, that idea a little bit that at this moment he could the movie could end and he would have gotten everything he wanted, except that he to fully. But it's not called the the dating alley kid. Yeah, it's, it's called, called the Karate Kid. Bingo. So then you have the return, and in in Campbellian you know literature, the return is that you have this you have this wisdom that you've gained and you share it with the world and in this case that is a karate tournament montage with the greatest song of all time yeah you're the best about I, nothing's I, gonna ever keep you down i have to tell you I is had, it joe esposito is that that his sounds name? right i had I forgotten that how much like all move almost all movies have soundtracks but i had forgotten how intrusive 80s soundtracks are like cruel summers from this movie i had forgotten that <laughs> yep <laughs> Which is weird because the movie actually, in its more tender moments, has some good score. Yeah. You know, for what it is. But, yeah, then they throw in these real 80s. There's a, just a few. They go on their date. I don't know that. I don't know that song, but yeah. it's very 80s. And, you it, you know, it's it's right on the nose. That's the other thing. All these songs are right on the nose. Well, right. It doesn't matter what the actual content of the, the sound of the music is. It's like, what are the lyrics saying? Yeah. Well, and the song, when they were on the beach, the, like, rip-off Beach Boys track was, again, very on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I just had forgotten that it's, like, it, it intrudes in a way that a lot of most modern soundtracks don't. That's all. <laughs> yeah. But uh, right before the montage, uh, I like how they set this up a little bit. Mr. Miyagi, he's like a very honorable guy, but he's also kind of a trickster mm-hmm. and like doesn't mind bending the rules because they lie about him being a black belt. Then he pretends to be correcting the spelling of his name and grabs a black belt out yeah. of whatever bag was sitting next there and gives it to Allie to run it to him because apparently he had never put his gi on. Because yeah. he's, he's in the locker room, like having well, a hard how do time. I tie it? It's like, well, you need a belt, Daniel. He's so oblivious to this, like the trappings of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the gi is the is the the boon, the thing he sought to attain, like the proof of his training, um, he has no idea how to use it. 
<laughs> yeah. uh, which is very good. But yeah, and then and, Mr. Miyagi knows nothing about this tournament. Yo, yeah, and, well, and 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 the the trick that they play, where it's like uh, it's my interpreter. Like you know, we I can't understand a thing he says, and and at the end he says welcome. Uh, yeah, but he goes thanks, and he goes welcome, and then yeah, it's it's like oh, well, you guys kind of d- just threw that illusion away. But, but yeah, that's but that's, that's a funny in keeping too with like I mean again the magical figures like Merlin or Gandalf in Lord of the Rings is the magical figure. They're always kind of tricksy. You know, and it's funny, too, that you mention it that way, because Mr. Miyagi has really entered that in in pop culture is like if somebody's being trained by somebody, you know, yeah, you can drop a Yoda or things like that. But you can also say, oh, he's your Mr. Miyagi, even if it's not karate. Like, that's just something that this character has really transcended his movie character. Yeah, he really has attained that level of of pop culture relevance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're exactly right in the sort of well, and then think about Yoda's Trixie too. All yeah. these like magical figures are always kind of well. Obi Wan Kenobi was the same way in in uh, A New Hope, which again, I mean, we well, can talk about uh, that yeah, another th- time. But like George Lucas was intentionally like had read the hero with a thousand faces and it was intentionally making his narrative to fit Campbell's outline, and yeah. so like that's maybe one of the best examples in pop culture of the monomyth and the thing about yoda and mr miyagi has this too is they almost put on an air like they're crazy or senile or old or something like that but really it's just like a facade you know to keep people you know off guard about him but he he, miyagi's totally all there even though he plays aloof for sure yeah 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 so, yeah, so then the tournament happens, and Daniel has to learn the rules the hard way. <laughs> uh, figures it <laughs> yeah. out as he goes. Except it takes him, what, two little... Matches uh, to really... Or, like, yeah. he gets pushed out of the ring in his first match twice. And, and then he's like, oh, I can just hit him? Okay. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> if he... I just stand there and I balance and I hit him, that counts? <laughs> yeah, and then they make it, like... I mean, the actual act of karate is probably very hard obviously tons of training is needed but they make it seem like you train for all this and then your match can be over in 30 seconds yeah the thing and then you're just oh sorry you trained all year you're out in the first round the thing that's good and i think it's art reflecting life because you mentioned like ralph macchio is an actor that they taught karate whereas a lot Mm -hmm. of the kids in the movie are probably practitioners of karate who they figured out could also do some acting Mm -hmm. that makes uh daniel's sort of incompetence or like very loose hold on what he's doing he he really sells it because it always in in, in all of his matches it just kind of looks like he's falling yeah. down the stairs you know what i mean because <laughs> his karate training is based on the muscle memory and just reacting and balance and it's not yeah there's no experience sit there and, and done the repetition of the, the he's never really sparred i mean he's yeah. he's done the the repetition of his muscle memory to block shots from mr miyagi but they've never officially like gone in for a, a match right well and he's like punched the the umpire's outfit on miyagi but really other than that he doesn't have any strike training at all yeah. it's like put all of your force into one inch on your fist okay punch my chest and then when he and then when he starts getting into it he pushes him down and trips him and says no don't enjoy yourself you talk too much you move too much i was thinking that that line cracked me up personally because it's like oh you talk too much and like that's a common thing you get from teachers coaches people in that role in your life and i'm looking at it and i'm like huh now i talk too much is really kind of the goal 
It's like you what I'm in supposed your life? to be doing. In your yeah. life it is? Yeah, <laughs> but you, yeah, but Chops, you got to talk the right way and at the right time, don't you? <laughs> Think of all the radio people who have said just the one wrong thing, and then they true. suddenly don't work for ESPN anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah, so he talks too much, um, and he doesn't know the actual inner workings of karate, but he's working his way through this tournament. Yeah. And Cobra Kai, for all of its misdeeds and all of its trappings, does coach up some pretty good karate kids. They have like three of the four in the finals or something like two, that. Or two, maybe two of the four. Two of ha- the yeah, four. Half, of the, half of the spots in the finals are Cobra Kai. Yeah. And, and um, they show, like, they never say it explicitly, but on the tournament board, you can see there are di- quite a few different dojos that are participating. Yeah. the Clearly, karate is actually very important in the Valley, which is something they – they play up in the in the movie as well that like oh he did karate at the Y in you know in Newark but out here they take karate pretty seriously yeah I also thought it was interesting and I don't I don't know that this is anything other than just being interesting that the sport they all get around in California is soccer <laughs> it's not a lot of the times yeah. in those kind of movies it would be a basketball court. Uh, sometimes like playing some football on the field, but in this case it's soccer. And I guess maybe it's because it's the sport where you could have a boy and a girl practicing on the same field, at least at, at that time. You know what I mean? Because he runs into Allie there. They like train together a little bit, yada, yada. So I don't know if that's the reason why they did it that way because they didn't want to make her a cheerleader, but yeah, you mentioned too, that, uh, basketball would be like a common one too. And I think that's, because basketball is like a really easy sport to like show off athleticism. That's really easy to see. Yeah. It's a very soccer is just such a very skill oriented sport that mm-hmm. like doesn't, it's one of those sports that like you look at and you're like, I could do that, but you can't. <laughs> exactly. Whereas basketball, you can see things where you're like, no, nah, I can't do that. Wow. Basketball looks hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That is interesting that they gravitate to, to soccer in Cobra Kai. There's a funny thing he says where it, like everybody, these guys hold on to this karate stuff from when they were in high school this whole time until now they're like in their 50s. And his Dane LaRusso's wife in that show is like, karate? Like, I mean, what? what's so special? And he's like, oh, back in the 80s in the <laughs> Valley, karate was like football in Texas. Yeah. And that's the way they treat it here. I For mean, sure. they're, they're, people are into this tournament. Well, yeah, it's a packed, it's a packed uh, school gym or whatever that they're yeah. – <laughs> So after the montage, we get to the final four, mm-hmm. Danny versus Bobby of Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. And this is when, this isn't sweep the leg, but this is, yeah, uh, Crease tells commission. Bobby. Yeah, just, it, it just tells him, like, I don't, want, I don't care about you competing. Just take a cheap shot at him. Yeah, basically saying, like, the only thing that matters is that Johnny wins. And if it means breaking this kid's leg with a disqualifying shot then that's all i care about and he does it he gets egged on enough to do it and immediately regrets it and apologizes (laughs) to danny as he's on the ground writhing in pain and bobby like drops and grabs him by the gi and is like i'm so sorry (laughs) i'm sorry yeah it's it's very dramatic and also if you were the refs wouldn't you be just tearing the two of them apart thinking bobby was trying to kill him yeah (laughs) anyway uh so then they give dan they give daniel 15 minutes to i don't know fix his knee yeah just hope that he can compete he doesn't he, he doesn't quite make it at first but mr miyagi does another one of his little hand rubs and we don't see him touch his knee but 
whatever mr miyagi has this power to just heal people which yeah if that is something he actually has like why is he a handyman <laughs> well, why doesn't he, he own some sort of like alternative medicine shop but he does heal i mean ha- being a handyman is fixing things i get is that how he heals he just rubs his hands together and well i don't know i think the... it's i think the idea that he fixes things is is yeah a valid just you know way to show that and fixes things with his hands right too, yeah that is not the with the monomyth that is a little bit of of magic flight and a little bit of rescue from without so danny is sort of taken away from the dangerous situation uh which is sometimes something that happens like right before the moment of of um victory they have to like retreat and then run back in you know best character in the movie is that guy in the leisure suit which they should make leisure suits again and he's apparently in charge of the karate tournament even though he seems like the last guy who would be he just yeah i don't know he just like strikes me as like a dad who like has a beer gut and like kind of thinning hair and he's just like oh we're about to award the trophy and then Allie runs out whispers something and like she's off mic but then he goes daniel larusso is gonna fight <laughs> yeah, exactly. and announces it to the whole crowd yeah and then and then it's the moment then it's the scene the very dramatic the tournament where it's unclear who's winning and they have to tell you <laughs> there are several <laughs> moments where where i mean i know even from having not seen the movie until today i know that the that fight scene ends with him kicking johnny in the face yeah, but there were several moments there's several moments where i thought wait a minute isn't that the third point and then, then that referee would have to be like, no, no points. Well, it's because they take a point away from Johnny should have had his third point, but they say he struck him in the face, uh, which, which is <laughs> apparently you can hit in the head, but not the face. But then Danny really kicks him in the forehead, kicks him in the face. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how they've ever gotten around that, but yeah, there's in there. There's also the famous sweep the leg, right. which he doesn't. It's sort of like the uh, Luke. I am your father. He doesn't say sweep the leg, Johnny. He never yells that at him. Yeah. He it's says, quote the leg, no mercy. And it's it's not even yelled. I think it's because from the sideline, his buddies are yelling right. during the fight. After he does sweep the leg, one of the Cobra Kai goes, get him a body bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, man. Wow. You're actually, you're, again, you're trying to murder Just a, a knee kid, injury. Huh? I yeah. think he's going to live. Get him a body bag. That's pretty intimidating, though, you know? Yeah. I can. Um, that's, that's good. I'm, I'm into that. So, yeah, like you mentioned, balance, crane kick, Johnny Lawrence thwarted. Johnny Lawrence congratulates them. They don't do an official – they really don't do an official trophy <laughs> ceremony because it's sort of like a storming the court, storming the field. Yeah, they just hoist moment. him and start to like – you know, he's holding the trophy. By the way, can we talk about <laughs> the the tournament organizer who, as he's introducing them, is just swinging the the, the – uh, the, he's just why can't holding I think it, it the by trophy. one of the spindles and or he's whatever. swinging yeah. it to like indicate and i thought man i've had trophies they wouldn't have held up to that like no. <laughs> those trophies would have fallen apart i just thought that either was very the, funny either the top little crown piece could have fallen off because it's not screwed on right or right. yeah it comes or one of one the of plastic those... little pillars is gonna break yeah. anyway i just thought but, he's like wildly swinging a trophy around that would be heavy and would break <laughs> yeah yeah anyway and it's like you know this this isn't the heisman trophy this isn't just a nice big piece of bronze like it's clearly a crappy high trophies. school karate tournament trophy like <laughs> exactly yeah um so daniel wins they're hoisting him up and this is where i kind of forgot where exactly it ends because of how the second movie starts got it 
which is so it just ends basically like freeze frame type moment with yeah. him being nodding him being lifted up and Miyagi that's it. nods that's the last shot is him nodding assuredly yeah um so just quickly in in a span of 30 seconds they handle master of two worlds so he achieves balance between his spiritual and his material world so he he harnesses his inner chutzpah and kicks him in the face and he wins okay and then freedom to live which is that you are free from fear of death and the hero lives in the moment so instead of thinking about and they they close the movie without like having him get the kiss, get in the car, grease style and drive away. They could have gone that route, Fly right? Fly off from the school carnival because and everyone's just waved dead. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um no, they get, they put him in the moment. He now he all he has to think about is the fact that he won. Um mm. and so they hit those in like I said like in a span of 30 seconds and then Mr. Miyagi nodding assuredly. We did do it. Danielson. Yeah. So then like I said, the second one makes it a little confusing how the first one ends because the second one starts immediately after. Got it. It like it, it like starts with him in the shower, like at the at the tournament, like in the locker room showers, like yeah, finishing up. And he says, "Mr. Miyagi, what's next?" And he, he, I, I looked this up. I didn't watch the second one, but I watched the like first few scenes of the second one just because I was like, "Where are these parts?" Because I know these parts, and they're so associated with the tournament. Because the second one, the movie goes in a completely different direction, but it starts right there. Mr. Miyagi says, "Early retirement," and then he's like, "Oh," and then they, so then they're leaving. He's got his trophy, and Mr. Miyagi says, "We have to go meet the meet the girls. They're waiting to celebrate with us." And John Kreese gets into it a little bit with uh, some of the people as they're leaving, and he's not happy, even though Dane Larusso is now the most popular guy. These two little kids come up, ask him for his autograph, things like that, and then they're about to get in the car, and you see johnny lawrence talking to crease and being like hey i got second like i got second place it's not that bad and crease goes second place is no place and he takes his trophy and he destroys his second place trophy (laughs) and then he grabs johnny lawrence and puts him in a headlock in which his face immediately turns red and is about to turn purple so mr miyagi decides to step in and gets them you know separated and then crease is like yeah i'm not talking to you old man and uh," and then he's like well if you're going to hit me or whatever so then crease squares up tries to punch him miyagi steps out of the way crease punches through a window and his knuckles are all bloody then they're now they're standing opposite face the from the way they were at first so he puts up his left fist and crease tries to punch him miyagi does the same exact move steps out of the way and crease punches through another window so now both of his hands are bloody mr miyagi does something and gets him kind of in like a like a headlock or some sort of move Hold, where he's, yeah. he's like locked up and he he says something about you know oh when you when you see a chance to take down your real enemies you show no mercy and mr miyagi puts up his hand like he's gonna karate chop crease and then he grabs crease's big nose and goes honk <laughs> and then lets him go which is super humiliating to be honest yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's how the first that's how the second movie starts but it's it, it seems like it's a part of the first movie because it's right there and right. then one other thing the next scene the next scene in karate kid part, part two is daniel pulling up to mr miyagi's house with the yellow car and it's like busted up and he's like what happened at your senior prom this is crazy like total like exposition right 
Daniel goes, I wrote this down because this line is crazy. He goes, you mean what didn't happen? First, I let Allie borrow the car and she redesigns my fender. And I don't know what she did with the engine, but that ain't running right either. <laughs> and you know what else she does? She tells me that she's fallen in love with some football player from UCLA. Why didn't she just lie? And then on this quote, it says, no further references are made to her in the film. Well, yeah, I was, so I was just about to say, so she's so Elizabeth Shue isn't in this one, I guess. She's not in it at all. He has a different <laughs> love interest in all three. Oh, Danny. So now that would probably lead you to believe, oh, it's probably the same story. No, <laughs> these are very, very distinct stories from each other beyond once you get past he has a love interest they're very different wait okay so i just i just looked up on wikipedia it's just the same story except it's miyagi having to go deal with his bullies it's different (laughs) sure maybe if you boil it down to that it's not but like they go back to okinawa right with mr miyagi which daniel's mom just lets him Take an international trip with the with the with the, <laughs> the guy. guy. Met, I mean, at this point, they only have known each other three months. Yeah, like I get you trust him, but I don't know. And yes, it's Miyagi's bullies, but it's like they're like terrorists. They're like oh, okay, got it. <laughs> they're like burning down buildings. I, I haven't seen the movie in a while, so I'm not sure. <laughs> but like they're like trying to destroy the so, town. So Mr. here's Miyagi's from. So here's what happened. Now wait a minute. I have to make sure that if, see if this joke's gonna land. Yes. All right. Someone in Hollywood heard about a movie that was going to come out called Die Hard, (laughs) which actually comes out two years after this film, but it's Hollywood. They knew it was coming. And they said, you know what we got to (laughs) do? We got to do that, but with karate and the kid and Pat Morita. (laughs) Boom. We beat him to it. So no no one realizes that Die Hard was just a ripoff of the Karate Kid Part (laughs) 2. And then the third one is just off the rails. It's it turns great. out Cobra, it's so good. No. <laughs> it turns out Cobra Kai is actually run by some sort of California millionaire who owns all these like corporations, but for some reason also owns a one karate dojo. And just like he's like part of the reason Crease is so Militant. maniacal. Yeah. It's and then Daniel gets tricked into training with that guy or somehow. And then Daniel doesn't realize he's training with Cobra Kai, but he is. And it's, yeah, that movie's off there. But I guess the second one has a similar structure, but it's, it could not feel more different. Well, sure. I'm, I kind of was giving you crap, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they're trying to subvert the plot of the first one while still Mm -hmm. essentially telling that story. And then there's the next karate kid with Hillary Swank, which mm-hmm. I don't even remember the plot of that one, but it's, I have a feeling it's pretty similar. It's, to that one's, one. Yeah. He finds a, a, a girl who's not getting along too well in high school and he teaches her karate. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the karate kid part three. Yeah. Revenge. Any Terry silver. <laughs> what a name anyway. Um, and then Cobra Kai present day. What are your thoughts on Cobra Kai? I really liked Cobra Kai. Um, I was listening to somebody else talk about it and I thought they brought up a good point, which is something that I thought was interesting is uh karate's really the the villain in that one because it's just people constantly getting into trouble because they're starting karate fights. So in that <laughs> in the show, this is from Johnny Lawrence's point of view, it kind of recontextualizes it as, you know, maybe Danny wasn't the nicest guy to 
Johnny. It turns out Johnny isn't like technically from money. It was his stepdad. That yeah. was kind of funding all of that. Um, so Johnny's real down on his luck and he decides to restart the Cobra Kai dojo. And that just creates rivalries. And he's still him and Daniel are still so hung up on their high school rivalry. And Daniel eventually opens up Miyagi Do as a karate school as well. And then the kids don't get along and there's, yeah, it's, it's a whole two seasons of television. So I don't want to get too far into it, but sure. If you like karate kid, you would definitely like Cobra Kai. If you don't like karate kid, I think you might still like Cobra. Kai. I was gonna say at some point we could talk about Cobra Kai in more depth, but that's the time is not here. I do want to quickly say that um, in, in reading the plot of the karate kid part three, Daniel's love interest has a boyfriend in Columbus, Ohio. Well, there you go. So, so small world. Somewhere here we have another rival of <laughs> of Danielson and he's who's running around Columbus. Any no. <laughs> Cobra Kai season four will be Danny coming to to Columbus to take on the rival. Precisely. So, as we said at the beginning, and now all these hour later, we are <laughs> these sixty whatever minutes later, we are. Uh, we are brought to the question of if if this is a leftovers episode, then what leftovers are the Karate Kid? I said, you know, it heats up pretty well. It actually, for what it is, it holds up. You know, it's still like a teen movie, but that's what it's supposed to be. So I still enjoy it. It's probably some of the nostalgia kicking in because I liked it when I first saw it as a teenager. And I still get a kick out of it. And there's little things that... You just remember, and they just kind of crack you up. So I went with buttered noodles. Okay. You just take plain noodles. They heat up just fine. Then you just add some butter. It's good. It warms you up, but there's no, like, real substance to it. Yeah. You know, there's nothing beyond the surface of what buttered noodles or what the karate kid give you. It is, dare I say, kid food. Uh, we, yeah, we got to do the kid food episode soon. <laughs> so... I, as we discussed, I have not, I had not seen Karate Kid until now. And so I would like to compare it to a, rather than a, a reheated food, I'm like you. It's a, it, it's like, um, it's a movie that doesn't have a lot of substance, but it gives you the warm fuzzies. If I mm-hmm. had seen this movie as a kid, I, I would have the same long-term good feelings towards it. And I still enjoyed yeah. it. I thought it was fun. It was a fun watch. So I thought about canned Chef Boyardee ravioli. Because when I was a kid and I would visit my grandma in the summers, I would eat. Uh-huh. And it's that kind of nostalgic thing where, like, I know that's not good. But if you put it in front of me now, I would go, wow, I used to love these when I was a kid and would happily eat them. And you would recognize them. the flavor. And they're not, they're not home cooking. They're yeah. just something that you heat up in the microwave and you eat. And like I said, yeah, it's not good in the, like, it's not cuisine. But it is, they can be good in other ways. Yeah, I see where you're getting at there. I think we're both kind of along the same lines with this movie. For sure. If you haven't seen Karate Kid, go see it. It's a it's a recommendation for me, for sure. Yeah, I, likewise. I, if, I can't believe I've gone this long without seeing it, and I'm glad that I have. So there you go. Um, thank you, folks out there, for tuning in to Nerd Association. If you want to get in touch with us, give us some ideas for some leftovers movies you'd like to have us talk about. Maybe it's something that uh, neither of us has seen before. Although with Chops on board, I don't know that I don't know that there's a chance of that. But in any case, <laughs> uh, let us know, or maybe let us know what you think the Karate Kids leftovers uh, cognate is. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at 
nerd Asoch, that's n-e-r-d underscore a-s-s-o-c if you have some ideas for an episode or maybe you want to come on and be one of our nerds uh, we would welcome that you can email us at nerdasoch at gmail.com thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you next week <laughs>